Well, we're here again on the Here to There podcast. We took a couple of weeks off on vacation, and uh, I didn't really share a message the last two weeks, but uh, I wanted to get on board again and uh, do another podcast uh, to, to kind of go a little deeper into uh, the message we had Sunday, and we'll be doing one uh, once a week over the next uh, season, um, really just to go a little bit deeper, um, to maybe challenge a few thoughts, to talk through some things I didn't get all the way into on Sunday. And uh, I hope it's helpful. And so uh, Sunday, we started the series called You're Invited. And um, it's a two-week series, but really, we're going to spend probably a few months on this idea of this invitation that we all receive to enter into. And it, it really is at the center of what our faith is all about. It's it's one of the greatest invitations we can ever receive. It's, it's not an invitation to an event or an invitation to a um, something that's happening, we're, we're invited into a, a relationship, into a, um, into, to really follow Jesus. And the, the center of scripture that we use Sunday was in Matthew 4, um, 18 through 20. And this is, what, this is what it says. As Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And here's the invitation. Here's um, the start of the journey that Peter and um, his brother Andrew are going to go on. Come, follow me. I'm quite, it's quite an invitation. Three words that have that probably dramatically changed the direction of their life. I'm not sure there have, are more powerful words that we can ever fully understand. I mean, it, it just it changes everything. It changes the course of the direction. It it makes us make a decision. And the there is nothing. Let me just walk through this a little bit. There is nothing preceding this of expectation that you had to get your language right. You had to not drink. You had to um, get your relationships sorted out. You had There was no precursor to you have to look a certain way before you make this, this decision, before you accept this offer. There, there's just the offer. There's just this, this invitation from Jesus Christ to say, hey, I want you to start this journey, what we call um, today discipleship. Come follow me. And that that phrase is really connected to the, the the way that they learned in that time frame. It wasn't it wasn't just informational. We do a lot of informational um, classes. Um, we we can see things on uh, YouTube or look it up. We can we can learn a lot of things, but but learning um, just information is not what Jesus really wants us to enter into. He wants us to enter into a relationship. Um, one of the, the things I remember from college was one of my classes that we were uh, sitting around and it was, it was kind of early on in the class and they were talking about um, a, a question of the, the purpose of the church. And uh, the professor asked this this question, what, what were the five greatest messages or greatest sermon series or um, greatest small groups that you've been like, what, what, what are the five greatest? And so, you know, it took some time. Some people could find five. Some could had a, struggled a little bit. And then the second question is the one that had power to it. Can you name five people that have impacted your life? And you can probably fire them off in your head of five people that, that have been probably more than five who have been on this journey of, of investing in our lives. And so I'm wondering if we're looking at this idea of discipleship, if we have on the spectrum moved it way to the side of information and not enough relationship. Like when you, when you, when you read that phrase, come follow me, you, you understand that Jesus will teach along the way, but primarily what he's inviting them into is a relationship with him. Come 
Let me be your leader. Come walk beside me. Come, let's eat dinner together. Come, let's let's go for walks together as we move from town to town. Come, let's let's do a, the healing of the five, um, the feeding of the five thousand. Come and experience this this party that we're going to go to. Come experience the Passover with me. Come sit down and and recline at the table. Come and let let me let me invest in your life so that you can become all that I have designed you to be. It, it's. It's about the, the, the third word in that. It's about me. It's about, not, not me, but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has a desire for you to follow after him. In those days, the rabbi, there were rabbis around, and they all, um, some of them had different ways of, of thought, you know, of, of how to read the Old Testament. And so they would go around looking for followers. They, they would try to find the smartest, uh, most equipped, um, the brightest students, and they, and they would say, um, they, they, they would, the, the students would come to them and say, Hey, can I follow you? Can I learn from you? And then they would kind of like, yeah, well, well, you can follow me because you are this, this, and this. And they would, they would engage in an immersive experience. Like they were all in, into this following. They would live near the rabbi. They would eat with the rabbi. They would walk with the rabbi. They would ask questions of the rabbi. The, the rabbi would, would ask questions to them. They would, they would kind of sharpen each other. They would, they would, they would walk in this season whether it was a couple of years or maybe longer than that, together so that the one being discipled could grow. And I'm wondering if, if that's not the discipleship that Jesus has really set up for us is that we, that people invest in us so that we can become all that he has designed us to be. So there's a, this invitation not to a religion and not to um, being um, more moral. The, the invitation that Jesus offers is come follow me. Let me be your leader. Let me be your rabbi. Do life with me and learn from me. A, a, a disciple is a learner. In the very simplest term, it means someone who's sitting at the feet at. Someone who is who's hungry to, be, to, to find out more. A disciple is someone moving from here to there, that they are hungry for more. They're hungry to, to know more, that they want to become like their leader. And isn't that, isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want is to become like Jesus, um, to, to have the heart of Jesus, to, to have the, <clears throat> um, the wisdom of Jesus, uh, to have the... Um, the mission of Jesus to, to, to live like him and love like him and pray like him and serve like him. Our, our, isn't, that, isn't that what we, what we are wanting um, in this journey is, is not to be spiritual, but to be like Jesus? And, and yes, they can go together. But if you're like Jesus, you are spiritual. And so I'm wondering if we could just come into this discipleship uh, series and just start with that idea of I want to be a learner. You almost, can you hear Jesus coming to you and saying, hey, I want you to follow me. And then I want you to hear the second phrase. Um, I'm not going to finish, maybe I'll finish it all the way to the end. But I, then he says, I will make you. Come follow me. This is your decision. I'm not going to force you, but this is your decision. But if you decide to follow me, I want you to know that I am going to do that. You you can partner with me as I create the change in your life. I will invest in you. I will work on you. I'll, I'll provide opportunities for you to learn, safe environments for you to fail. I'm going to, I'm going to take you on this journey of life and I'm going to, I'm going to make you into something. And this is what he says. He'll make him into, I will, I will make you into fishers of men. 
I will make you so that you have impact and purpose. And I'm going to use your gifting to create this movement of God. And that's exactly what happens in Peter's life. Peter takes three years, walks with Jesus, is challenged by Jesus, is pruned by Jesus. And then Peter becomes the leader of the church. He, he preaches his first message and 3,000 people raise their hand. He, he heals somebody and he's taken before the Sanhedrin, this, this um, court, and he's accused and he says, I'm not backing down. I can't help speaking about what I've, what I've experienced about this, this Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which he must be saved. In fact, in Acts it says that the people standing around were looking at him and, and like Peter, isn't that he's an unschooled, ordinary person. And then it says this, but they had took note that he had been with Jesus. They like wrote it down. They're like, hey, I think there's something different about him. And I wonder what it is. Oh, that's right. He had been with Jesus. Isn't that that's the idea of discipleship? He he had learned, he had grown from Jesus. And, I, and I'm I'm wondering if we could put that relationship in this journey of discipleship back into it. This, this idea of, I, don't, I just don't want to follow um, and get more information. I want to follow Jesus. I, I, want, I, want to, I want to grow into what he wants me to be. I, w- I want him to change me. And so we become these little Jesuses, these little Christs along the way. We, we become more and more like him. And then this is what he does. He changes our identity. No longer is Simon... Simon, now he, he, his name has changed to Petros or Peter, a rock. No longer is Peter a fisherman, but he, he's a fisher of men. No longer is he the failure that he saw himself as. Now he is the leader of the church. And, and your identity changes. You become, you become what Christ called you to. There's a story in the Old Testament. I think it's about Gideon, and he's hiding in a pit. And... Uh, and there's an angel of God. And even though he's hiding like a little kid, you know, afraid of the, the other armies that are around, there's an angel of God that comes to him and says, mighty warrior. Um, he was hiding in a wine press, afraid of this army that's coming. But this angel looked past his hiding and saw and says, with me by your side, you are a mighty warrior. And I'm, I'm wondering if... if Jesus wants to change our identity sometimes. You see yourself a certain way. You, you, may, you may label yourself because of a failed relationship or because of your finances or because of, of um, what your job is. But I'm, I'm wondering, I wonder if Jesus sees you something totally different. That, that invitation, come follow me, has this also this, this invitation of, I see in you something amazing. You're going to be a piece of art. You're going to be something that's going to be amazing. You're going to have such impact. And you may not, by the way, you may never preach a message. You may, you may not never be like Peter. And I don't think God wants you to be like Peter. I think he created you to be you. And there's something beautiful about that. And he wants to, he wants to take that artwork, that um, stone, and he wants to chisel away the junk from around it and to really work into your heart so that you can be all that you're designed, not just in purpose, but in character and in um, just your your the, your fruit of your life, I, I think he wants to produce the fruit of the spirit in you, the fruit of love, being loved into love, joy. I mean, do you understand that? 
that when you respond to that call of come follow me, that he's going to produce joy. He wants to produce joy in your life. Not this short-term joy of everything falling into place and everything's good, but this joy of even when your, your world's falling apart, you can find joy in it because you have a Savior who's right by your side. Peace, not just a peace of like there's no one you're arguing with, but peace is in there is a calmness in you. There's a the, the, the worlds can be crashing down around you, but you have peace. You have shalom. Your, your, your world is clicking, um, not because of your circumstances, but because of the life change that Jesus produced in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience. You can wait on God. You can wait for what he has planned for you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You know, these, these characters of how you treat people and, and how you delight in things. And there's a, there's a light in you self-control that you you can you can limit yourself you can discipline yourself to get something more and so i wonder if we we walk this journey of discipleship we 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 responded if we said yes to jesus say come follow me and you say oh yeah i'm I'm in what would that look like for us today and i i think it there there might there is information jesus wants to teach us jesus wants to know about him and he wants to, us to know him. And so there is this aspect of if we say yes to this discipleship journey, we need we need to commit to being in the word of God, to look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and and to see what who Jesus is and how he he developed people. We we need to to allow the word of God to be living and active in our souls, to, to be cutting away junk in us. We we need the word of God to to come alive and, and we need the word of God to speak to us. We, we, we need to hunger for this book that we have and, and say, if, if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to, to be in the word. You need to be n- not guilt ridden, but because you, you have a, a vision for what God wants in your life. And, and this is the place that we can meet with Jesus. It's not just words on a page. You know, as we read that scripture, Matthew four eighteen through 20, we can read it as words in a page and jump out real quickly. But in those words is the Holy Spirit. And what's cool about the Holy Spirit, what he does, is that he can take those verses. And I, I have read them hundreds, if not thousands of times. And he can, the Holy Spirit can have such punch to something for the first time that can change the view for me. The truth of the scripture is still there, but he may say something completely different. There may be a different focus. He, It may be, Come follow me, me. I, I want you to follow me. Or it could be, you know, I, I want to send you to fish for people. Maybe it's the next verse, verse 20. At once they left every they left their nets and followed him. Or maybe it's at once they left something. Maybe there's something that, that God desires us to leave. So do, do you see how we we just spend time and let the Holy Spirit work in us that, that those three verses can take on such shape in our life. And they followed him. So we need to be in the word. Let the word marinate over us, pour over us, um, seek him in it, get to know him through it. Um, almost put ourselves in the situation. Like, okay, put yourself in that, that scripture. Like, you're, you're sitting by the sea. You're, put your job in it. What do you do for a living? You put, put, you're, you're sitting at your desk one day, and Jesus comes and says, hey, I want you to follow me. The invitation. And then think through what what is going through your mind. What do you think about in that invitation? Do you do you think about what, what it's going to cost you? Do you think about where he's going to take you? Do you think about the the changes he may need to make in your life? Do you think about the grace 
of like, how are you inviting me? I'm, I am, I am so, and you can fill in the blank. Like, what would go through your mind if Jesus came back next to your death and said, "Hey, come follow me"? And what would what would go through your mind when he says, "What I want to create in you is not a church goer, but I want you to be a fisher of men. I want you, I want you to have such impact, such power. Be you. I want you to be a light in the world. I have something I have designed you to do. I see something in you, and all of a sudden, doesn't there something that come alive in us when we know that God has has um, called us to something that He wants us to do something? He He wants us to create more disciples. So that, there's that idea of sitting in the Word of God. But there's also this idea of becoming like Jesus. And so as we're sitting in the Word of God, we have to um, surrender ourselves so that we can become more and more like Him. So Jesus, how do, how, do, how do I look at you in this book? How do, I, how do I have that kind of character? How do I have that kind of heart? How do, we, how do I handle when people are insulting me? How do I... How do I walk this? Jesus, help me to become more like you. And I just want to see Jesus. And, and what's going to happen is he's going to, he's going to challenge you. On the journey from here to there, he's going to challenge you. He's going to point some things out to you that are idols in your life. He's going to um, reveal some character flaws. Some, in order to get to there, there's going to be changes that need to take place. And so he's he's going to do a work, and he's he. It's going to be tough. So that crucible of come follow me might be through some times of low spots in your life, but where in those low spots is where the faith develops, and the knowledge of Jesus grows. It's a place of like the crucible of the journey that develops us into who we need to be. And so we, we need to be ready for that. We also need, need to see, we need to see, we need to be around people who can model what it means to follow Jesus. Not only the way Jesus set it up was that he discipled Peter. Peter discipled somebody else and somebody else discipled somebody else. And so I'm going to go with Paul. Barnabas Discipled Paul. He took him under his wing. They lit. They lit. They did journeys together. And if you read the Acts, the Book of Acts, um, there are times that Barnabas was leading, and then then he handed it over to, to Paul. Well, Paul took alongside this person named Timothy, and so he he disciples Timothy. There's this modeling. There's this Q and A. There's this teaching. There's this this opportunity of handing over authority. And they're and they're growing together, but but Paul Barnabas invested heavily in, in Paul. Paul's investing heavily in Timothy, and then Timothy is released to go to the local church. I think it's of Ephesus to invest in those people. And so there's this like, who's in, who are you investing in? Who are you discipling? And then who are you learning from? Who 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 are whose model are you you trying to learn from? Yes, Jesus. As we read scripture, we we want to want, but who else? And I think you have to understand something, and we'll get into it next week a little bit. And I, I hope you can grasp this. But you're really not a fully grown disciple until you're investing in somebody else. If you're just sitting and and eating all the time, having someone else feed you, you're not really the mature follower that he designed you to be. Every disciple needs to be discipling somebody. Maybe, maybe if that became more of the model of the church and, and less of a come to a service, maybe we could even see greater things happen in, in our world. So the question becomes this flow down of who, 
like like even now as you're listening to this, like who are you investing in first of all? Who who are you inviting into your life to see how you live? And, and I know that um, we're not perfect. They need to see that authenticity. They need to see you get in arguments with somebody and how you handle it and how you ask forgiveness. They need to see that you wrestle sometimes. They need to see the difficulty in, in life. But it's in that relationship and in that modeling and in that connection that we actually grow all the more. I mean, think, think about how God set up the family. Um, he, he has parents and then he has kids. And although the parents teach information, there, there are times that we teach. and Most of the things that are learned, both good and bad, are learned through modeling and through connecting and through time together and through questions and through, you know, my kids, when they were younger, asked question after question after question. Is that kind of what discipleship is? And then they, they start watching everything you do and they start doing what you do, which is almost scary sometimes. It's almost like overwhelming to be a parent, but that's, that's, that's how God set up the family is this, the table and the house are, is so central to the discipleship of kids. And so we want that in the families, but we also want that for people in our church. How do, how do, we, how do we invite people, say, come follow me, come follow Jesus as I follow Jesus? And what I think will happen is that as we commit to following Jesus as we follow someone who's following Jesus, we grow. We change. We learn. Yes, there are times there are disappointments. Uh, there are times that someone you discipled um, just changes direction. There are times that someone that is discipling you fails in a major way, and you're, you're but they're, they're not Jesus, but they are someone who can invest in you. And, and sometimes it's more than one person. Maybe, maybe it's four or five people right now who have who have small and large invested in you. And that's part of the discipleship relationship, the learner or the apprenticing that, that God has set up for the growth of the church. So the, the question that we want to answer to start the journey without jumping too far ahead is when Jesus says, come follow me, the invitation to come, the follow being leadership, the me being Jesus Christ and who he is. Do we trust Jesus? Is he going to be faithful? Um, we come to this point of crisis of belief. What do we believe? What do we honestly say? We, we come to this point of, I can't stay where I am and follow Jesus. And so at the hinge of it all, of this discipleship journey of going from here to there, there, there is a moment where you have to make a decision, yes or no, do I follow Jesus? And some will turn around, will say no. Some will start the journey and then turn around and, and then be like, this is too hard. And some will go on this, the journey of, I want to be all that Jesus has designed me for. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the pain. I'm going to go through the struggle. I'm going to go through the, the development of seeing that happen. Because I know that he is good. He is faithful. Um, he has plans for me to, do, to, to invest in other people. And next week, what I want to talk about is how we disciple other people. How do we invite people into our life? How does that look? How does that work? Um, but I think it's it's important to, just to sit 
and really evaluate and really look at, are you following Jesus? What do you need to do today to follow him more on this journey from here to there? Um, Next week, we'll start again. Um, Thanks for joining us uh, on this journey from here to there. Oh, 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 oh,